0: And welcome to another Making Sense of It with me, Still Emma Kenny. Yeah, I'm me, Still Pete Smith. We have had our names changed by Depot in the week to Still Emma Kenny and Still yeah. Pete Smith. We're just reminding you that we haven't, like, some Coronation Street twist plot where they just replace somebody without meaning anybody has to notice and suddenly you've just got to adapt to the fact that that person's not the same person nobody talks about it none of the cast are like jesus yeah. john's changed a bit <laughs> one now is a woman yeah. Do you know not that there's an issue if that were to happen in a plot twist during a trans uh, I think it, probably story. Has, isn't it at some point maybe you know it
1: reminds me of at the beginning of that podcast our podcast i'm a mckinian yeah. and I'm still, that australian I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, comedian. She's
0: bloody brilliant. I can't
1: remember her name now. Will you put the link in? I'll put You'll a link in. will have to in. try and I'll find it. I'll put a it. link in for the... It's, She's it's a, outstanding. Yeah, it's a collection of the intros, when they come on at the beginning of... It's, but it's not I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. It's the after... Or is it? Is it the after show? I don't show? know. I, mean it's the I think it's the after show. You know the side show that they She's hilarious. The like Big Brother's Little Brother, but, but the thing where, that George Swash does and stuff yeah. in England. And she, um,
0: she comes down and she's like, she "I'm Kate Jarvis, supermodel, yeah. yacht mistress, and genuine ex- good girl." Yeah. Every single week,
1: I'm ex MI6 spy. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, 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 it's it's hard to describe it because she, she's professional
0: got, tango dancer. Yeah,
1: and she's, I mean, a, a comedy a comedy stand up routine is okay, but on the uh, on the Australian, it's the actual Australian I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here as well. It is it is hilarious. I'll put the link underneath. So how do we do it? There.
0: Yeah. Me and P also, we go to bed sometimes and like most couples, we talk before we go to sleep, amongst other things. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. 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 Um, and we watch videos occasionally, don't we? Little short videos. Now, we don't watch any talent competitions. We don't watch any of that in our household. And lots of reasons. One of the big reasons is I think it's a form of bullying. I think those initial rounds are all about, let's get a few people who might not be mentally very well stable, or may have been brought up by a narcissistic parent telling them that they can sing, even though they sound like they've literally drowned a rat. Yeah. And then people just point and laugh at them and go, how dare you think you've got a talent, right? I think it's awful. But we do like the ones where they've done well, don't we? we do. And we get the like, little snippet and it's like amazing voice. And I don't know, you've got Lithuania and there's some girl comes on and sings like, she's a 53 year old opera singer, but yeah. she's six. So we sometimes watch videos. <laughs> 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 and there was a video of an American woman who's a comedian. And she goes on stage, doesn't she? She does. And she's hilarious. And she says basically that she has to go to therapy, which a lot of Americans go to, but she's like, no, I had to go because of the court order. And then she says, that the therapist says to her, you know, do you drink on your own? And she says, no, because I've read all the things in the reception. It says like, you know, if you're an alcoholic, if you drink on your own. I wait until my kids come home. And it's just like brilliant. And it's like, it's so funny because in, in therapy, that's what it's like. Yeah. When yeah. you first get to know your therapy clients, they come in and they're like on their best behavior. Yeah. And you're like, do you take any drugs? No, no, I've never taken drugs ever. Why are you presenting with a cocaine addiction? I take cocaine, yeah. just cocaine, <laughs> occasionally. Most nights, and it's like there's this desire to just impress. But I just thought it was really funny watching that because that is just exactly the kind I'll of. I'll see if I can find a it. link
1: for that as well and put that underneath.
0: Look, this is actually becoming a podcast dedicated to snippet videos based on comedy. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, and anyway. notice how you
1: suddenly you're, you're still you can just see you're trying to squeeze an accent in there. Quaffy. Yeah, the well, I I don't violinist. I don't know what
0: you're saying. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. Like all I'm saying is that she sounded a bit like that.
1: Is she from like, like that actually, so? No, she didn't. She
0: had a really strong accent like that. <laughs> That's how she sounded. Oh. She even sounded a bit like that, like she gargled with some kind of very sharp fruit.
1: Yeah, sharp flute. Fruit. Oh. Anyway, on another note, I'm back on. I'm 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 back on, on top now.
0: Well, you don't know yet. If you've not had the results. The doctor might ring you because he's going to talk to you about your lifestyle choices. Yeah, apparently. You're going to have to get rid of all the prostitutes and the drugs.
1: God, oh, dearie me!
0: That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, dearie that me! That hobby me. that you took up, saying yes to it. I
1: know. Screw fishing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just the... S- sex, drugs, and yeah.
1: rock and roll. Sexy, sexy <laughs> prostitutes and uh, serious injection drugs and stop. Yeah,
0: going too far and too deep into this now. You've started it. Children might listen to this channel.
1: Yeah, I know. Not that I'm,
0: probably not. Oh, you know what? I don't know whether you can hear this, but we've got the windows and doors open in our kitchen, obviously, because we're like fabulously equipped and we have a kitchen studio, which is brilliant because it also is a kitchen, so it's multi purposeful. And we can just hear all of the birds singing outside. We've had one of those nature weeks this week, and I wanted to start off with this. Because Pete's very, very, very intoxicated with our garden, which is lovely. We really didn't have a garden before at all. No. So we had like a 10 floor garden, didn't we? And we never went in it. It was just like there. You'd see it through the conservatory. It's falling to bits. Yeah, the conservatory was falling to bits too. Most of my house was falling to bits, if we're completely honest. It was definitely when estate agents put doer-upper on the literature <laughs> do an upper project.
1: Do an upper. Yeah, they got it for a steal though, and they were do- and they're doing it up. So yeah,
0: but yeah, they did get it for a steal. We were like, yeah, just have it anyway. So we didn't have a garden. Now Pete hasn't had much confidence, have you, about your multi purposing DIY task no,
1: opportunities? Never. no, no. But you to are rush turning
0: out to be really good. Turning out to be really, really good. Mm. And as you can hear, if you can hear, and if you can't hear, it's lots of little birds <laughs> tweeting. <laughs> Always turning the microphones, so you might be able to hear it. Listen. Now you might just be listening to silence, yeah, but <laughs> if you are, we apologise because was quite loud. I mean,
1: here. The, 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 the birds actually turned it up for a second, then as if you were pointing the microphone at them. Which, yeah,
0: we're not saying it like we've controlled nature, but oh, yeah. just. Saying he didn't turn his nose. Over. I've got a <laughs>
1: feeling. I think I know where this conversation's anyway, going. You don't I know, think actually. I know where this don't conversation's going. Yet. Don't know
0: yet. Um, but some of our listeners might because they might have been on Twitter last night. But nevertheless, <laughs> it doesn't start there. It ends there. Oh, so, is that yeah, is that the so he's been doing our garden. So we've moved to a place where we've got like a 120-foot garden, which we are very, very lucky. And who live in the north, in the north, anyone can afford a garden, but we've got a slightly bigger one because um, just the woman was lovely who lived here and they couldn't get rid of the trees in the back garden, could they? Because Because they're under a special order. So they had to build around it. So we've got a lovely big garden, but he's been going out, doing all this work and it looks looking good. Part of that is confronting nature. We have owls in the garden, beautiful owls. We have squirrels, which we feed. We have lots and lots of birds. In fact, this week, we have fledglings. We do. So, fledglings are baby crows. And they look, when they're fledglings, like fully grown crows, just a little bit lighter brown.
1: Yeah, a little bit smaller. But within days, they become, they become the size of, you know, the big I mean you could see them you'd think it's a bird you know a proper bird no, like, well, it is it's not like at it and it's an elephant. Where you have to confuse <laughs> yeah. yourself what is that it's, a it's really nothing <laughs>
0: like it you know it really does it's not like just like a <laughs> it's not like a head <laughs> with just like legs is it anyway
1: it's a really small horse god
0: <laughs> I wish they were. Wouldn't it? (gasps) I wish they were.
1: Sinbad had a really small horse at one point.
0: Was that because Sinbad was really small?
1: No, no. Sinbad just had, um, at one point, I'm sure they had a a tiny, small flying horse. Unless that's just me making up Sinbad (laughs) movies that never existed. I'm sure there was about 500 Sinbad movies. i cross sectioning
0: it with My Littlest Pony. I think
1: there's only two or something. Two or three. You know, no, it's just
0: that they kept doing like Jason and the Argonauts and everything, and they were just like had that massive series, didn't they? Where they were always, oh. was always some film with the gods and things like that. Yeah,
1: I'm on about the originals ones. Yeah, uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Continue. Is not Sinbad, is it?
0: No, but it's the same kind <laughs> of ill. It was the same kind of movie. Same vibe.
1: I get it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Jason and the Argonauts was a great
0: movie. Again, no, have you ever watched it as an adult? They're terrible. It they're should, awful. Yeah, they're really it. bad. It's like somebody yeah. getting a just like holding the thing and. Anyway, go on, carry on.
1: <laughs> I'm just, yeah, getting mixed up between Sinbad and Jason and the Argonauts now, you know what I mean? I wonder who'd win if Jason and Sinbad had a fight.
0: Probably Poseidon.
1: Or the Argonauts. Right, come come in and... The
0: gods are always pretty handy, aren't they, <laughs> at doing it? No, yeah, did you right? it's, it's the like, the like an
1: anchorman scene, isn't it? You know, Jason and like, Sinbad, and then like, you can't have a fight without us, the Argonauts. <laughs> the Argonauts come in, and then that thing <laughs> Minotaur. The, 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 Brick, you had a the, future the, the, machine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I did, I had a future machine.
1: <laughs> Brilliant film. Anyway, I digress. Yes, what was I talking about? Fledglings. Fledglings. Little crows, big crows. Yeah.
0: Little crow, big crow. So fit. I found it. And, yeah. no. No. Little,
1: cr- big, little crow, big crow, cardboard box. Doesn't fit really, does it?
0: In a box. A little crow would fit in a pretty small box. Yeah. Fledgling would be a slightly smaller box. Owl, pretty large box. By the way, if anybody's listening, don't do that to any animals yeah, unless you're transporting it to a bird sanctuary, for example. And with the owl, don't get it at all. They've got massive talons and <laughs> huge, huge <laughs> beaks. they will your eyes out. Unless it's a small one. <laughs> it's a tiny little one, yeah. and then you can stand the biting. Yeah. I think anyway, I, tell I us about you could the have have you can Stand on it then. I say bloody hell. I mean, there would be never know, any suggestion about violence towards animals I at know.
1: all. No, standing on owls. We let. Hey, look! Here comes Emma Kenny again. Oh. She's that woman that stands on owls.
0: <laughs> there, was, there was outrage the other day. That guy at McDonald's who ran over those bloody ducklings. Oh, I don't want to know. What a toss bag. I not read that. What a toss bag. No, if huh. that had been me, even though I'm not a violent person, I would have dragged him out of his car and beat him to death with his burger. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And if it had been a small burger or just a pack of fries, it would have taken longer. I didn't but in know the end, if you hit somebody long enough and hard enough with an item, it'll cause. At least severe breathing, if not injury.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about this man. Still well, nice, anyway, carry on. Tell, talk about fledglings. So yeah, I found it. I found one first, didn't know the other one. Uh, so and I he worried gets about dead it.
0: excited and he comes in and tells me and he's like, so oh, so wait, "Look a,
1: at this." You've got to be careful because it's out there. And I was wondering where And it I was,
0: was just that, wasn't it, on top of, a piece yeah, of the building? Yeah, just was like... looking
1: at us. And you know, apparently, didn't it? just don't move. No, didn't You go move. to them. I mean, so <coughs> we brought give it some food just in case of them realise it's parents and what they do is the fledglings, the parents stay within like fifty feet of them and, and and look after them where the nest is. And apparently they leave the nest so it's it's easy for the bird to By the way, you've not tuned
0: into Spring Watch, this is still the podcast yeah. that we're doing, it's Continue. Making
1: sense of, of crows. And and uh so it was the both the parents were there in the chase off of the birds and they are coming down and feeding. Oh, and is it like yeah, it was making noises. And then, it, and then it hopped off to the back of the garden and realised there's another one there. So, uh, brother or sister. So, they've both been living in the back garden. I've been watching them grow. When I went out the other day and I've been doing some work on the... Because
0: um, our garden's really safe, isn't it? Cause it's yeah. really enclosed. Yeah.
1: So, I was doing really some work high on Really Oh, a decade one of them had got underneath the decking and it actually had my gloves on and it let me pick it out and it jumped on my hand and it jumped out.
0: Aww. Yeah,
1: so I'm mates with it now. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you're basically an ornithologist. I
1: am, actually. Yeah. Billody's coming on later. <clears throat> yeah. Body.
0: So, we're very excited about this new adventure that we're having in the garden. So, Pete, the other day, obviously I'm already enchanted with the fact that we have these gorgeous little fledglings and they're going to be okay as well, so they're doing really well, so they are going to be able to fly off soon because they're flying properly but they're just staying in the yeah. garden because it's like their safety area. I have a
1: feeling they'll come back themselves as parents next year. Because
0: the p- parents basically can protect them because it's so enclosed and the fences are so high that you can kind of stop the predators from getting them and if cats come near them they just go down and bomb them so it's a really yeah. really. And our dogs don't
1: touch them. So. <laughs> our
0: dogs are just like, yay, what's that? New friend.
1: I think that stops the cats from coming in. Also. Maybe.
0: So that's where we're up to. So last night I'm sat in the kitchen and I'm just getting on with whatever I'm doing probably just made my tea and he comes out and he goes "M, M, do you want to come and see a bit like a vole a vole and I was like oh my oh, was god a mole. a mole you said it was a vole I said
1: mole
0: well it was all mole vole it was vole last well, night well look carefully said, I thought
1: it was a mole
0: he thought it was a mole okay <laughs> so he thought it was a mole I thought it was a, because moles are big you know what I mean moles are kind of quite substantial
1: <laughs> I thought it was a baby mole
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was very very I'm just gonna say yeah uh, are you sure it was a mole? Was it not a vole? No, like the
1: little, the little, mole.
0: the little one? Yeah, I think you're thinking vole, but you're now saying no, mole. There's a reason
1: why I became. Be, no, a anyway, whatever. Why whatever. I thought it was a mole. No, I'll tell no, no you why A, after you a vole.
0: A just to say, a vole is like this. Yeah. Right, but anyway, I'll tell you the reason. Okay, you can tell me the reason afterwards. So it's not going to excuse it. Whatever the reason is, nobody's going to go, oh, God, yeah, easy mistake. So I go out all excited because I actually had an incident with a little vole, which I thought he was saying vole when I was in the Lake District and I kept it for a few days because it was injured and I looked after it, and it was gorgeous. Long story short, it escaped. probably <laughs> wasn't, yeah, wasn't ill at all. I was at all. was just trying to look after him perfectly well. Just trying to get out of the bucket. Yeah. Um, anyway, never mind. So I went out dead excited because I wanted to see this, this gorgeous little creature and I went over <laughs> and he's like looking at it and it was a um, dead mouse's head. <laughs> 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 it was the severed head. Of a dead mouse that had obviously been dropped by a predator, probably the owl, and it had landed on our decking. And somehow Pete had not only seen it, in spite of it not moving, it wasn't a moving head, and thought, "Ooh, that surprisingly severed head-like mouse look of a mole. Mole. I will go and tell my wife to come and see it. It was the most disappointing nature <laughs> experience." It's I've terrible.
1: Had. Terrible, really. It's just because I looked at it and it was just sat still. And I was like.
0: It was sat still. Yeah, but he the wasn't words...
1: Sat back, sat I was like. Anywhere.
0: <laughs> it was not sat.
1: It was glued it was to the deck. Yeah, it was just a
0: head. It was the position. Perfectly bitten off
1: and his spat arms out. Closed, yeah, that's why I thought it was a mole. But I thought. <laughs> no the the back end of it tapered off like a little mole
0: (laughs) i didn't need any more than walking over to look at it to go it's the dead head of a a mouse it was clearly a mouse yeah as i
1: got closer to it i was like hang on a minute that's not a mole (laughs) that ain't no mole
0: (laughs) so do you know what he did he was devastated, so he buried it and he put a cross on it because it turns out that, yeah. that the Moab must have been He said a little
1: prayer in several different religious texts. He didn't <laughs> say
0: that, it was because somebody said, Have you made sure that you've done the Torah and the Quran? Did everything. Go, on, what's the Torah
1: one? <laughs> it's
0: not a bloody Native American, the Torah. <laughs> the Torah
1: is Jewish. All right. There you go. That's Jewish,
0: isn't it? I want I don't to apologise to any <laughs> Jewish listeners. And the Quran
1: is, I have no idea of the Quran. And when it's, you know, so Church of England, <laughs> lost with that one. So you Dear di- Jesus, <laughs> welcome to the world and bye to the mouse. Big,
0: the big question is is there a head of a mouse in heaven? <laughs> Somehow snuck through.
1: Well, yeah, I know, yeah. Oh,
0: God! It's yeah, a mole. <laughs> Come look at the mole. Come <laughs> look at the mole, everyone. <laughs>
1: oh, it's not a mole. How is well, the crawling? Uh, like, God's there. God's like, what? How has this severed head of a mouse managed to get by?
0: I got a minute. This can't be possible. hes not Christian. I got a minute. Oh no, 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 no. He's definitely got in. He's had a, hes had a proper funeral. <laughs> yeah. a, a prayer's been said. The mouse is in. Mouse is like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what it looked like So bless it. I did, you know, I, I didn't, did stroke his head or anything. You know what I mean?
0: Well, anyway, I'm, that's all I'm saying. That's that's what's happened. So that's been my experience of nature this week. It's been a funny week this week. I've been a bit pissed off the last few weeks actually. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling annoyed about things. Things have been annoying me. Do things annoy you guys at home? I'm sure they absolutely do. But what I think annoys me most is just people. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> humans a lot of people <laughs> not like you guys listening you're all excluded because you like joining us our kitchen and that's because you are all the same mindsets as us but genuinely I some people. Absolute dickheads. That's the correct terminology. And to anybody who gets in touch with me on my channel and goes, "Uh, why are you not professional during your podcast? It's because it's not a professional podcast. That's why. And guess what? People who work in the day as a salesman don't go home and then try to sell their family the saucepans and the food that they've bought. It's just not done. You're not the person you are all the time. It would be really sad if you are. And also, it's a bit like people who expect doctors to work all the time. You know, you go to your Who's a doctor? You don't get them to lie down and diagnose whatever that rash is. It's just not done, is it? It's the same with this podcast. So, in this podcast, it's my safe place. And my safe place says I can call people dickheads. Yeah,
1: Jermaine Greer.
0: (laughs) She's just a prick. Yeah, I know. Do you know what's really sad about Jermaine Greer, apart from the fact that she's a prick? What's sad about Jermaine Greer is she was one of my idols when I was growing up. She was one of my idols. She was, she was always a little bit <clears throat> left field. Mm. She always had a mouth that maybe took her in a slightly Katie Hopkins-ish, but feminist perspective, yeah. where you'd always be a little bit like, ooh, what do you mean? You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of men aren't like that kind of thing, Jermaine. You'd feel that way, but at the same time, you'd then think to yourself, but you know what, here's a woman speaking out for being female, being proud of being female, not taking any shit. And when I was growing up and working class girl, I was looking for my aspirational role models, and I didn't have many, like Maggie Thatcher was not my aspirational yeah, role no. model. I'm not, not going to, you know, I, I'm not, as you know, I'm, I'm not Tory. So... My, me and Maggie would never have got on. Do I think I have respect for Maggie Thatcher? I have absolute respect for a woman who gets that far in power. Yeah. You know, She had to cross a lot of bridges. She had to work with a lot of pricks. Yeah. And the point is, yeah. nobody can take that away from her, so respect to her for that. And I'm sure she was a formidable woman. She's the kind of person I'd probably have liked for a gram, because I wouldn't have had to agree with the position, but I bet she'd have been pretty informative and interesting and yeah, yeah, intriguing yeah. with stories. But nonetheless, we would have completely disagreed about... The way that we felt on politics so i didn't have that kind of connection and somebody like Jermaine, apart from like the icons that i had um, over in america like oprah for example or looking back at the suffragettes or as i always say jane eyre was a big yeah. role model for me like learning that women of a certain era who really didn't have any equality could still strive for it in the books and almost take the mick out of men in the books you know, not that I have an issue with men, as you know. I love men. I think men are fantastic. But she was certainly somebody who gave me that kind of parable of narrative being where I could just tell my story and be proud of who it was. And then I worked my entire life with people who have had very, very difficult circumstances. And that's meant that a lot of the work that I've done has been with abuse survivors. Nature of being when you work with young people particularly, you come across a lot of people in therapy as young people because they've been abused. Because actually a lot of young people shouldn't have mental health issues because of the fact that their lives should be nice, right? So a lot of the kids that you get sent are the ones who've had really awful times and a lot of that is around sinister abuse. So my experience has always been, these individuals do not choose it. My job is to help them find hope. And as you grow older and you start doing a bit more private work and you know, you might be doing things on TV or documentaries. So I've done documentaries with rape victims that starts to change and shift your understanding of impact of trauma, how people survive it, and all of those things. But there's always this (laughs) fundamental, oh my God. Tide, Kenny. We're
1: right in the middle of something then.
0: Tide, Kenny, come here, come here now. You absolutely, come here. Come on. you know what's really weird, right? When you first came in, yeah. Oh, my, my little boy, not my little boy, my young lad. You come time? here, come here now.
1: You're not getting out of it now. Come here,
0: now. You're going to say you, hello because yeah. yeah. you're on a podcast. You've got to say hello. You've got yeah. to do it. No, you're on a podcast yeah. now. Come here. Come and say hello. Yeah. No. Get in. No. Get Come on, because we've got to have you on. Right in the middle of some serious, serious podcasting. Then just say hello, wave at the thing, just quickly. There. No, there. There, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Jermaine Greer, and he just Jemaine literally Jemaine. ran into the podcast. Anybody would think we were doing this in a kitchen.
1: I know, yeah, God. I to believe. think that you know what? It all all doesn't matter
0: how professional you try to make things. I know. Children <laughs> have no boundaries. No. In I
1: mean, right in the middle of a real serious, really deep, Possibly, moment
0: possibly one of the moments that might have been remembered from my career in years to come or if something this, awful happens to is me. this
1: podcast turning into the archers
0: Pot- you,
1: <laughs> anyway, you just need your cordial with eyes anyway
0: jermaine crair is a modern feminist but she's somebody who said that all rapists need to kind of man up and get over it a little bit because it's only a penis Rape victims need to get over it a bit because they shouldn't be horrified by the fact that they've been raped because it's just, as she said, it, an F U C K. They do get beaten up, but also non consensual sex is rape and has traumatic implications. Do you not agree? Yeah. Shout it, please. Yes. Yes. He agrees. So,
1: one second. Tide, you're yes. going to have to go out the back way again because he's snuck in the front, in the back way. Otherwise, well, you have to go up the back way again because he snuck in the back way again, <laughs> just so the cats don't get in.
0: He absolutely terrified me. All I could see was like this head shat, like <laughs> coming through, and it looked like you know like like a little child first of all because of the kind of sunlight. Yeah. I was thinking that's not a person who like should be coming through our back gate.
1: i just thought it was some random. That
0: would have been so funny. You're yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, on the other side.
1: You're gonna go on the side again. <clears throat>
0: Come on, off Love your you pop. You. <laughs> Bye, Baba. Let me know when no, you done. I will do. Thank you. Pleasure. Over <laughs> <out>. <laughs> if that isn't keeping it real, I don't know what is.
1: It is, it is. It's what it's all
0: about, this. So, anyway. Go on, right you. By the, the way, here. he should be at school, but he's been to a dentist appointment, so he's not gone back to school. Just to say that's why I have a child here. He's perfectly well. He just yeah. had an appointment. Anyway, so Jermaine was one of those people who was stood for something for me. She was like an individual that I really felt encapsulated just the power of being female and she was unapologetic and she was powerful. And like I said, I had heroes, but I didn't necessarily equate to them in the modern day. Yeah. And we didn't have Google, so I didn't know what was going on pretty much anywhere in the world. I'm sure there were a million role models that I could have followed, but you didn't really have access to it, you know? Oh, no, you
1: did to read about them, didn't you? Really?
0: <laughs> so they came to me through poetry and literature. Simple as that. Yeah. And... The other day, when I saw that interview, where she basically accuses, I mean, she is accusing women who've been raped of almost like making people feel that we shouldn't feel that sorry for them. It's just a fuck. It's just a penis. You know, it's not a knife. And you take a moment. And the thing is that Jermaine Greer has been raped and she was raped violently. So therefore, that puts her in a position of authority it makes her feel like she has a right to say that she has stood in that position and she's been okay and that you can't ruminate on it. You can't allow it to affect you. You can't say that it was wrong to the degree that deserved them being incarcerated because actually she thinks that sentences for sex offenders should be reduced. And I was listening and you know, when you have one of those awful situations where people say, don't meet somebody who you've always had and admired in real life, because a lot of times they'll just fall short of it. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. And I feel a bit not violated because I've not been violated, but I feel like the fabric of my formation has been violated. I feel that what I built some principles on has been broken.
1: I think it's a very, very um, ignorant look at it. I think it's a very, very dangerous opinion to, to, to spout out and it... I know she has a book coming out, so I don't know whether it was more some, PR, isn't it? Some sort of, you know, really low f- version of PR or bizarre way of I think she thinks so. stunt. Yeah, I think uh, she thinks it. So. Yeah, I know, but the PR company would have been jumped on that and said, "Say that, because it'll make people buy your book." And I just think it's a stupid, very stupid thing to say.
0: The thing <laughs> is that you know, we already know that eighty percent of women don't. And men, to be fair, don't report rape. In fact, probably the highest statistic for men because men just yeah, don't yeah. feel like they can. And, you know, until very recently, there wasn't even a classification for male rape. It was considered bullying. It came into bullying. Can you believe that? I mean, how oh, crazy is that? that? But since we've kind of recognized the impacts, and that's what we're talking about, impact. Yeah, a penis isn't a knife. But the truth is, if you said to me now, well, do I want to be raped or do I want to be stabbed? I'll take stabbing. Yeah. I'll take stabbing. I can kind of deal with that, I can process it yeah it'll make me feel vulnerable, yeah I might have some trauma but as long as I survive it then the chances are that that stabbing I can put down to like a violent episode that was not even necessarily about me, it might have been about a violent incident I was involved in but the thing about rape is it's intimate it's personal, it's violent, it's humiliating it's powerful it's absolutely coming into play probably some of the largest psychological violence indicators Mm. that we see within trauma and the idea as well that a woman who gets drunk and then a guy has sex with her even though she's saying no is less of an issue than a guy for example who drags somebody down an alley now the problem there is what you do is you pit two entirely separate incidents and you place them in the same category and then you say oh well that one's clearly worse well number one actually statistically no it's not what we often see is some of the worst incidents of rape occur in marriages they occur when a partner is in a loving and trusting relationship with a partner Mm. and then they have that trust violated sometimes consistently it breaks down their whole fabric of truth and being and trust within relationships so actually we see that that can be easily as traumatic as being banged over the head and dragged down an alley now you take the person drunk at a party having non-consensual sex with a guy who's put himself on top of her because she can't say no and again you bring it to the person in the alley you go well she's just asking for it she was drunk absolutely not that's not the case. She mm-hmm. was intoxicated, mm-hmm. which means she can't consent and now has to deal with the trauma of firstly having all of those guilty feelings because she's questioning herself and saying, maybe if I hadn't worn that outfit, maybe if I hadn't have got that drunk, maybe if I hadn't have let him near me, maybe if I've made myself more clear. And she's doing that. So then we have the trauma mm-hmm. of that rhetoric I'm mind saying, I'm, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. That's then an additional trauma. Yeah, and I then mean, we have the girl dragged down the alley. Of course, everyone can go, that's deeply traumatic because then that isn't just actually about rape. That's about violent abuse, aggression, and rape. It's an addition of rape to an already incredibly violent scenario. In fact, if somebody just dragged you down an alley and beat the crap out of you, you're going to be as traumatised because you've been violently harmed. But the point is you can't weigh rape up here to rape up there. It's all about the subjective experience of the individual. And one person can be like Jermaine and believe that she's okay she won't be held back by that that she's coped she's there's not really lot got any
1: incidents lot of women have uh, men have been raped like that yeah, you know and they're
0: fine they yeah. genuinely are and testament but that's not to everyone. them exactly and then there's a person who got consensually think so you know got non consensually raped at a party with a guy that she liked but didn't want to have sex and she ends up killing herself yeah so the idea that you can pit rape against each other and then go guys shouldn't get as strong sentences that is so wrong mm. and all i've ever had to deal with and come across in my career is women and men who feel that they are not entitled to have happy sex lives because somebody fucked around with their happiness at some point whether that's sexually abuse as a child whether that's powerful relationships as adults and you sit there and my job is to help them see that they can reclaim their power that nobody has the right to allow them yeah. to be held back by those experiences and that's bloody hard but the point is that in helping them to free themselves. My job isn't to go, because otherwise you're weak. Otherwise, you know, you're letting these people just be powerful over you and you're pathetic. Mm-hmm. My job's to say, don't <coughs> let them have power over you anymore, but know that they did have power okay. over those experiences that you experienced and that you should feel totally validated to have all those feelings. Yeah. And what she's done in one foul swoop is let all of that bloody right-wing brigade who's like, just get on with it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's actually, you know, there's... Yeah, I mean it's it's the way when the the right wing we call people snowflakes and it's like it's sort of that isn't it Yeah, like, yeah, like the snowflakes get over it and and with Jermaine Greer being at the head of like a sort of media not so much a campaign Yeah, but, but a massive with, feminist Yeah, massive feminist and you know known across the world, you know and being on many stations, many publications, books, whatever for just to say the irresponsibility that she's shown by saying that I think she's she's let herself and the thoughts get away with it on screen. And you know, and she's just thought she's had to back it up, hasn't she?
0: No. So sad.
1: I wonder if she is regretting saying anything. Oh like no, that. no. Thought, oh yeah, she's you rationalise
0: that that's your right. She you should have had a lot of support. Yeah. It's like even though I put Jermaine Grey as a prick on my wall, most tough. people were really positive, and then some people were like, "I can't believe that you're saying such a negative thing about her." And it was like, "Well, actually, I can't say what I want to say because yeah, if I said it, yeah. it would offend children and it, it would offend quite a lot of her people."
1: Not that I had time for no, her I, I haven't, space, really, and it's really
0: sad. And then I kind of look at people in general, and I know that 99.9% of human beings are brilliant, right? I really do, like I love them. But you give people a bit of power and oh my Mm. God. Like, so there's one thing I think that I do in my life well, which is I know my place, right? I know it. I'm just a dead average, ordinary human being, right, who tries to do as little harm as I can going through life and help as many people as I can because that's my philosophy, right? I'm not saying it's the only philosophy. I'm not saying it's the right philosophy, but it certainly is a philosophy that I live by. And part of that is, I don't care who you are, where you come from, I will always speak to you exactly the same as I would speak to somebody, whether they were prime minister or otherwise, right? Because as far as I'm concerned, you people, put your jackets on, put your titles on. You walk around a graveyard and you find me something that says beloved accountant beloved psychiatrist beloved whatever Mm. would you jack you don't mean nothing you don't mean nothing at the end apart from your relationships so you better watch out about the way you treat people because that's all you will be remembered for in the long term right and that might not have no meaning to people in this life but to me that has everything when I die I want everybody who comes to my funeral and anybody who knows me to go she really really was a decent person. You know, she really was. She lived her life and her truth, honestly, you know? She was definitely imperfect. She definitely swore too much. She definitely said things that were probably not politically correct at times, but she genuinely tried her best. And if she offended you, it was never meant to be something that was threatening or offensive without it having at the side of it a bit of black comedy that genuinely wasn't really aimed directly (laughs) at anybody. (laughs) And I hope that people kind of can see that. That's going
1: to be on your headstone.
0: Absolutely. Like somebody said to me this morning, somebody from a radio station sent this big email to me today about doing a piece for them on the radio. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And they introduced me to somebody, and there was like this long introduction about this eminent psychologist, Emma Kenny, and she's been in this and that, and she's very kindly agreed to be on the show. And then said, is this all right, Emma? And CC'd the woman, and I wrote back and said, well, with that introduction, I'll give you a kidney, <laughs> and sent it and didn't even think about it, but really could be quite offensive, couldn't it? But obviously what I'm trying to say is, come Especially on.
1: Especially if you've went to the person and they've actually given a kidney. Yeah, or <laughs> need to transplant, oh, which you? is even
0: more worrying. Yeah. But it's that kind of thing that I just live my life by. And recently, it's something about years, isn't it? We have like years where it's fine. Hmm. And then we'll have like a year of people who are like, oh, who do you think you are? What are your qualifications? Hmm. Where do you come from? Yeah. How can you have those opinions? You yeah. know,
1: I'm better than you. And you sit mm. there and
0: you're just like, I can let this hit me and stick or I can just be like, it's okay. I don't need your affirmation. I don't need your approval. But the human bit of you that kind of wants to reject it can't help but catching just a snippet of it mm. and like using it against yourself. And I find myself in that situation where I'm like, oh, maybe I do need to do some more training or maybe I do need to do some more things. or You know, Oh, and it's so frustrating because it's the process of being, isn't it? You don't yes, want you can to get all that the way.
1: Qualification. You've got the right qualifications anyway. You're I know. Qu- you've gone all the way, you know what I mean? The only reason you don't want to be a doctor is because you just don't want to do don't. it. You know, not That's the only reason that you haven't done that. I know. You know. And that's a choice. I know. It's not, oh, I can't do it. It is a choice. I don't need to do a doctor. Yeah. I can charter under the independent so- route, but yeah. I just don't want to do it. I just. And I'm, and I'm sorry, but... It, you know, you can be all doctored up to fuck as much as you want to be, you know what I mean? If you can't work with people, when you're supposed to be doing that, to be a, wor- working with people and to fix them, I'm not talking about operating on people, I'm talking about mental health. I'd love st- to have a go at that know. if somebody let yeah. me. Hey, let me have a go at that, backstreet style. Surely it's just you like know, a game. You, can't, you know, you can go straight from bloody uh, studying and, you, you know, yeah. it'll take you 15 years before you can even become anywhere near what you're like. I'm sorry, but you've worked for over over 20 years now in the industry, in the field, and you've helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people, mostly for free, my ad, you know, so...
0: It does frustrate me, but at the same time, it's like, that's what I'm talking about. I have to stay true to those feelings which are like... You know, when I die, I don't want to be remembered as like a psychologist. I want to be remembered as a kick-ass mom, a kick-ass wife, a kick-ass daughter, a kick-ass sister. You know, that's what I want to be remembered for. I want to be remembered for being a human being that had meaning and I don't need to live by a protocol of title. And it just frustrates me. And it frustrates me that there are people out there that I think that they live their life believing that that makes them better. And I think to myself, like, "Who who needs to walk around? Feeling better than another person. Who needs to walk into a room and go, um, you know? And actually, I was talking to an academic the other week, and they were going, Well, you know, at the end of the day, as soon as I did a PhD and got my doctorate, you know, people treat me differently, I get taken more seriously. And I'm like, No, 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 that's not okay. That's not okay. Because I can do a PhD or I can do my charting, I don't even need to do a PhD, I can chart under the independent route. I don't want to do it, because the thing is, I don't want to say, I'm better than you, or I feel better than you, or I think I'm better than you. I'm not, I'm just Emma. Mm. You can keep all your titles, I'm just Emma. And you'll meet me as a human being. And if you're in distress and I can solve that distress with you, then we'll find a way together. Yeah. And equally, I watch as I see so many people feeling that that title, that authority rejects their belief that they can attach to that relationship—they yeah. see.
1: It's, well, it's, it's 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 funny because uh, you know you go all the way through to your masters, which you've done, you know. And well, I've done did, more than that. I've yeah, done yeah you've done like years and years of specific
0: therapeutic tra- training, trauma as well.
1: specialist, and everything, you know. And it's like, so people suddenly think that you get to that, and all of a sudden, you know, you do that, which is really hard, and what you've done it in. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, I can't do a Dr. because it's too hard for me. I know. It's like, come on, you can go all the way. It's a choice-based thing. You know? it's, ama- it's amazing. And, and how if you've got loads of money, you can do it you
0: know it's amazing though how it can still make you kind of even like 20 years down the line it can still kind of make you go oh and there's a bit of you that goes right screw it I'll just do it and it's like no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do what other people tell me is the right route because that's one of the big things you know what no organization has ever changed the world none no organization will ever change the world none it's an individual you find one person and they go their own way you look throughout time through medicine through philosophy All of those areas, even through psychoanalysts, you know, you look at things like Freud, a bit mental, but nonetheless, they go their own way. They don't fit the party line. They don't toe the way that other people are acting. They don't believe it. They do it their way. And in the end, that's what changes the world. And it's really, really compelling to me that people can't make that connection. Like, I used to describe myself in training as an ethical maverick. Mm. I just try things. And sometimes they work. And most of the time, to be fair, they work. Shush, Poppy. But sometimes, you know, I learn to regroup and think again about how I do it, you know? I I use humor a lot through my client-based work because people who start to laugh start to feel comfortable and people who feel comfortable start to talk about their issues and feel that, you know, it's more of a process where they connect. But there are some clients who just are not in a position where they want, somebody to crack a joke, you know? But I remember people being like, oh, but that's your defense mechanism. That's your defense mechanism that you need to make them feel laugh to make yourself feel comfortable. No, I don't actually. What I need to do is I need to make this person who's frozen and silent feel that I'm here and I'm with them and we can go on this journey together and I've got their back. And you know what? That's what every single client leaves my room feeling. And I know that. I quantify that by my not having failed to attend, by my not being able to take on enough people, because honestly, I can't do it. I literally can't do it. I can't open my private practice because it's too many people coming, and I haven't got time, and I have to reject them. So I just kind of keep it that free clinic and things like that. But I just feel at the moment like it creeps up, and you think you've dealt with things. And I think it's the same in any area of your life. You kind of settle, don't you, for a while, And then there's something that causes some friction, and the friction makes you go right. What am I going to do with this? Am I going to grow, or am I going to change, or am I going to listen to the party line? And it's like, no, like I'm just gonna, I'm going to keep growing, but it's not in that direction. It's in my direction. And um, a lot of people get a lot of crap because even me, like, I'm lucky in the fact that I am registered. I'm registered. I'm accredited. You know, I've got numbers, I've got insurance, I've got all of the things in place because I've reached a certain level, right? Do I buy into that? No. Mm -hmm. Do I think that makes me better than the woman I met yesterday who's doing like life coaching and stuff with no qualifications at all? No, because she's amazing, the girl I met yesterday. She's an amazing woman. She's one of those people who's just a natural healer. You can just feel to be around her. She's not going around going, I'm ABC. She's just going, I want to help people. I want to change the world a little bit. And you're thinking to yourself, the minute that we create that divide and what we say is, well, it's because the person coming to see you needs to know that you're safe. I appreciate the fact that you need to be a safe practitioner. But how do we know anybody's safe? surely it's the individual attending that makes that call. Mm. So whether you've got a qualification or otherwise, what really matters is, as a client, do I get it? Do I feel it? Do I connect with it? Do I feel that you're going to take me on a journey that's going to be safe and good? And we're going to get somewhere? And if that means that you are, then let's do this. But equally, if you've got all the letters after your name and you're a professor of ABC, and I'm walking to your room and you don't to speak to me, it's not going to go anywhere.
1: Yeah. I also think, you know, there's a little bit of, I think, some some some... I mean, not all academics. You know what I mean? But some of these academics that you come across, I think they're actually scared of you, for the fact—not scared of you, as in well, like you know the, the level. I think it's because you can actually—you've got—you can communicate not just with them, and you can communicate in their way, but you can also communicate with the normal person. As in normal person, as in somebody who isn't an academic. You know, person on the street, the clients. You know, you can you can communicate with them, but then you can also. Like Russell Brand put it to you, he says he knows he he you know, he, he sees and, ha- and he he loves the way that you can communicate on an academic level of academia and the way you debate and you know it, that's your, po- your your it's possible for you to do that and he mentions that in his podcast with you he chats about that but then also being able to communicate with all the way down through you know different levels of academia through to normal people on, on the street you know like the clients and stuff like that and be able to fix and that's that can I think that can scare some academia who can only speak in that way or think that the better, but then they realise is that you... I don't know, I just, I just find it's that that's... It's I speak
0: common sense. <laughs> do you remember because well, like yeah. she bloody keeps yeah. making yeah. common
1: sense. Yeah, what accent
0: is that then? It's a bloody annoying <laughs> person on Twitter.
1: <laughs> Hello, I'm I'm Emma Kenny. Oh, that's the lady who can speak. Oh, I'm Prince Charles. Oh, that's the lady who can speak common sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading about Gandhi when I was younger, and gandhi used to hold like good actor him i used to um so much like you know he used to do free meetings so people you all come and ask for advice and this woman turned up and said um, i'm worried about my son he's eating a lot of sugar and gandhi said she said can you tell him to stop eating as much sugar as he is doing and gandhi said go away and come back in three weeks and so she went away and came back in three weeks and the son went up and he just went stop eating sugar and she went why did you wait three weeks to tell him that he said because three weeks ago i was eating sugar." And he learned to <laughs> communicate on the Ooh, level of wow, the people that I he worked that. with. So the thing about Gandhi was that he always tried to communicate in a mode that worked for the person that he was communicating with. So he right. would follow and empathize with that and kind of be in their shoes. And that was a really way of affecting kind of peace. And that was one of the reasons why he yeah. was such an excellent communicator.
1: I think I need to watch that movie again. Yeah. It's been long times to watch Gandhi.
0: I've not seen it.
1: I mean, what a phenomenal man.
0: I know. But... Everyone's got their own viewpoints and skewed perspectives of everybody, haven't they? Like, people look at people's lifestyle choices or lovers' choices or sexuality choices mm. and then kind of try to cloud whether somebody was brilliant at another yeah. thing or another thing. And it's, it's like, it's weird it's how we try to discredit people yeah. just through their difference. Well,
1: the Dalai Lama, look at him. He's, he's just, you just look at him and you can, you can just see peace in him, peacefulness, you know, and he's just, I don't know, he's just some people just, you know, ooze it. I know it's know.
0: weird, isn't it, that people can just like have that spiritual being and yeah. that connection with the world. Well,
1: I think as, as uh, we've mentioned this before on this podcast, and it's like I don't know with, with the age thing with me, I've uh, you know I'm now the acupuncture sort of stuff. I'm, I'm calming, you know, feeling a lot calmer. But I think I'm starting to fall in love with the world a bit more, you know, the gardening, the well,
0: that's niche, mindful practice. And, you know,
1: I feel like I'm like I don't know, I'm, I'm experiencing a bit of a. An awakening, like I mentioned before, we say existential, existential crisis, crisis. But I think it's an existential awakening, you yeah. know. Um, and you go the through a bit of a crisis to get to that awakening, maybe. And I'm just yeah. feeling like I don't, I don't think I'm scared of death anymore, or scared of 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 what's to be, and you know, and my brain's opening a bit more about certain things, and I'm looking and enjoying and the touch, the smell, the, the feel of things, you know. It's, you know, I don't know
0: mindful practice though, getting out in nature and just being with nature is like a major connection oh, yeah, and it really yeah. is it kind of reminds you of how tiny you are like we all sat yeah. around the table so I have um, my family around quite a lot actually Peaks and my dad are coming this weekend so we'll be talking about that next weekend next week sorry Um, but I have my family I'm quite traditional in the fact that I like having my mum and dad around and extended family like on a Sunday and they were around on a Sunday and we were all sat around the table and my dad was just trying to conceive the fact that you know for every grain of sand on yeah, in the come- world there was like a universe yeah. and he was just going I can't and it's just like, and you sit there and it tries to Thinking expand
1: about your mind. But
0: that's what you're saying. It's that like, it's that connection of being. It's that sense of, and that's the thing. That's, that actually nicely goes back to my frustration. My frustration is you are like not even a beginning of a breath in life. Mm. You are not even an inhale. Your massive meaning to you it's got such little reference for this world. You know, you might be one of those who like Bill Gates is transformative or Louis Pasteur or Mm. you might be somebody like Nelson Mandela and your name will go down in history, but you will still be fleeting. You will still be fleeting. One day we will be the dinosaurs of our age. So if you get hung up on what you think your importance is, you need a rain check. Yeah. You know, you need a rain check because how is your existence dealing with world poverty? How is your existence dealing with world disease? How is your existence emancipating women from the chains of the you know the tyranny that they're living with in their world? And if you're not doing it, screw you. You're not important at all. Mm. I don't sit there and believe that my being has any impact on this world apart from a very very micro state, right? And I know that that has very little benefit in the long term apart from the way I feel about my life having some meaning and hopefully the people that I impact on like when you do nice things for people you're always doing nice things for people in your editing you know do things for free you'll help people get themselves started because that's what you do you know we know that we're doing the best we can but it's crap compared to what some people are doing you're devoting their lives to Mm. so when I get some jumped up academic telling me what I am and what they are I just it goes back to the rudimentary frustrations of a teenager where you know you just want to slap them around the face yeah, and go yeah. wake up wake up wake up and your separateness your division means that you will never ever know what it is like to be truly loved you will never know because you have it you hold it you keep it up there to such a degree that you isolate yourself you don't yeah. have it and don't get me wrong 90 percent of academics and nothing like that yeah. that's the irony like All my friends, uh, clinical psychologists, forensic psychologists, you know, they're amazing and they have hearts of gold. So this is not me trying to be negative about people. It's the tiny minority of people. And the bigger picture of it is that what I really want to do is go, what is lacking for you that you need this? You know, what is lacking in your personality and your being and your life that means you need this to stand on? It's so sad. I know it's so sad.
1: I know. I do find it hard to get out of that sort of um, the, the zone of uh, being a school. Yet. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I just see how much, how much you do for people, and, and it's just, uh, it just really annoys me. But, but not,
0: not, compared to like so many oh, people. Oh no, you know? no, yeah, absolutely. That's the irony, isn't weird, it? Like
1: that, I mean, you see people who do these things on in the media on TV. These, these, these wonderful, everyday, appears, everyday people yeah. that are just altruistic, and you know they will go to the end of the earth to help somebody else. And you just think, God, I'm not not—I'm literally not worth anything compared to these people, you know?
0: It's funny, isn't it, that you kind of look online these days and there'll be like videos of somebody going and doing something nice for somebody. And I watched them and everyone was like, oh my God, look, he went and got that homeless guy some money. Yeah, well, should, and, be, be and, and you're just sitting out. there and you're thinking oh, my God, this is not something that should be a big deal. Yeah. This is what we should all be doing all the time. Like, what? What? It would be weird for you not to do that. It would be weird for you not to run after that person who's nicked somebody's yeah. mobile phone. It would be weird. Why
1: are you actually filming yourself giving the homeless person the sandwich?
0: Oh, well, because you get a million views. Just give them it. Yeah, well, you get a million views, don't you? That's why yeah. people like viral. Virals become the new language, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: it has, it has, it has.
0: It's a strange it one, isn't it?
1: It's a very strange one, you know. Mike. Gosh, we have been making sense of it, and I love making sense of it. <laughs> it's brilliant. You know. I'm, I'm well. I'm well again. You know, you've know. you got an amazing American accent.
0: You've got a really nice relationship with a dead mouse that will forever be in our garden. It's not
1: really a dead mouse, or is it? Vole. It's a dead mouse's head. It's a dead mouse's yeah. head. Why is it's body?
0: Well, I think it was ingested and it's probably spattered all over our garden in oh, yeah. various pellets.
1: Yeah, well, owl pellet. Owl, owl poop.
0: Yeah, owl poop. Owl poop. Owl poop. Well, thank you for joining us for another Making Sense of It. It's been yet another ranty one.
1: It has, and we even had our our, our eldest son join in for a second. I
0: know, but at the end of the day, we could cut it out, but it is quite funny.
1: Yeah, I think we should...
0: Some people would call that a blooper, we just call it our lives. Yeah,
1: I think we should try and get our sons on this podcast at some point. It's
0: never going to happen. Never gonna do it, they're never gonna do it. I keep saying that to them, they're so funny. Our kids are hilarious, they're hilarious, like they're hilarious. They are hilarious, like it's so much fun. It's so much fun being mums and dads to them.
1: It is. We've got some tales to tell you coming up. We're a fit family now, and oh,
0: uh, we've not even covered that today, have we? I think we
1: could talk about the next podcast. That you know, I think we could talk about how we're all working out together as a family.
0: We're yeah. called to batter yeah. together.
1: Some people go for walks and stuff. We do full hardcore hits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I look like some nineteen seventies mum as well. I'm wearing like these really like awful little shorts and stuff. And I
1: don't think they're awful little shorts. They I think they look great.
0: But also just to say, this isn't the same red and white t-shirt as the one you've seen before because I keep saying I keep wearing red and white t-shirts mm. of some sort, but this is actually a new one. Yeah. Yes. yes it may look exactly the same as all the other t-shirts but it is a new one so just to make it clear that i do clean
1: i've just realized i've come as a hobo today
0: hey you're rocking it kid you reckon you're rocking it
1: i've I've trimmed my beard but i've got hobo hair
0: (laughs) thanks for joining us guys see ya be happy